February is the hump day of winter. Even if it's sunny, you can't just head outside and work in your yard. There's not really a point in getting excited about your garden. It's still February, still wintertime. Frost and freezes are going to keep you trapped inside, and so it's no surprise the winter blues are keeping you company. But when the winter blues keep you so depressed that you struggle to get out of bed or enjoy regular activities, it's time to consider that it might be something a little worse than just the blues. You might be struggling with seasonal affective disorder. Welcome to the Pilgrim Feet Podcast, an audio companion to the Our Pilgrim Feet blog that helps you achieve self-sufficiency and your own brand of freedom. I'm your host, Katie Sutton-Smith, and I'm so thankful you decided to join me today. Winter can be a really rough season, especially after the holidays are over. The days are usually dreary and wet, There's snow and ice that make getting out of your house difficult, if not downright impossible. And it feels like it's never going to end. Like spring is never going to peep up out of the ground and save us. So it's understandable that most people suffer from the blues over the course of the winter season. But how do you know if what you're feeling is the blues or something worse? Well, let's look at the clinical definition of depression from the American Psychiatric Association. And before I get too much further into this, I want to take a minute and say two things. One, I am not a doctor. Nothing I say here is intended to be taken as medical advice or as a replacement for talking to your doctor. If you suspect you may be suffering from depression or seasonal affective disorder, reach out to your doctor and ask for help. Number two, if you or someone you know are experiencing thoughts of suicide or self-harm, please call the National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. You can also call 911 and get help. And I will be sure to put that information in the show notes. So, The American Psychiatric Association defines depression as a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Depression causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities you once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease your ability to function at work or at home. Seasonal Defective Disorder also known as seasonal depression and SAD, and you'll hear me refer to it as any of these today, is a type of depression that comes around most often during the changing of the seasons from summer into winter. While experiencing a little bit of the blues is pretty normal during the harder winter months, SAD is much more severe. It's a form of depression. Seasonal depression is characterized by feeling depressed, All day, almost every day, during the winter months. Feelings of hopelessness or worthlessness, low energy, loss of interest in activities you once enjoyed, difficulty sleeping or sleeping too much, feeling like your limbs are heavier than usual, 
Changes in your appetite or weight. In fact, one source I looked at said in particular, you might find you have a massive craving for carbohydrates and you find your weight severely spiking. Um, also feelings of sluggishness or conversely feelings of agitation and irritability. Sometimes you'll have both. Sometimes you might have them even in the same day. Difficulty concentrating and thoughts of death or suicide. And you have to admit those symptoms are a totally different kettle of fish than the feeling of staring out the window, watching the rain and thinking, oh my gosh, is winter ever going to be over? And then moving on with your life. Suffering from SAD or seasonal depression can be super challenging because you can't control how the world shifts into winter. And many of the causes of SAD are simply from seasonal changes that affect the way our brain handles its chemicals. You can't affect the shift in your circadian rhythm or your biological clock when the sun gets up later and goes down early. Our circadian rhythms are the cycle that our body and brain go through in response to the light and dark phases in a 24-hour period. And since we can't control when the sun comes up and when it goes down, we can't control the sudden gumming up of our system that happens as the light begins to dwindle and winter sets in. I think a great analogy of this is the episode of WandaVision where Vision swallows gum and it literally causes the gears inside his robot body to stop working because they're gummed up. Our bodies need the signals of the sun coming up and going down with the longest possible exposure to sunlight to feel normal. You also can't trigger a boost in serotonin in your brain like the sun can. Serotonin is one of the happy chemicals our brain creates, and our brain naturally releases serotonin in response to sunlight, which in turn boosts our mood, helps us feel calmer and more focused, and even helps us sleep. When we don't get as much access to sunlight, the amount of serotonin our brain releases is decreased, and we feel sadder and more depressed as a result. I mean, when it comes right down to it, we need the sun. And for a lot of people, the sun simply isn't there in the wintertime the way they need it. And that makes it hard for our bodies to function properly, which in turn means our brain isn't going to work quite right either. And believe me, I get it. One of the biggest signals that Husbando's old job wasn't healthy for him was that he would leave work in the pitch black of a winter morning with the sun still not up by 7 a.m., be stuck in his office all day with only artificial light, and then not get out of the office until 7 p.m. long after the sun had gone back down again. We learned very, very quickly just how bad his SAD could get. I thought what Grammy suffers with every winter was bad, but I would genuinely worry about his health and well-being when he left the house because he was suffering from such bad depression. And it was amazing how much his mood would improve from just a little bit of sunlight when I could get him to sneak it in. Depression of any kind isn't easy to deal with. I suffer from bipolar disorder. The dips are devastating, even with therapy and medication. 
I get it. You feel like you're drowning, not in quicksand, not in water, but in this thick, sticky tar that sucks you down and won't let you pull back up. And every time you try to pull yourself out, you feel like your fingers are just gripping ground that crumbles right beneath them. And because I know this feeling so well, I'm going to take a minute and be honest with all of you. No matter what anyone tells you, depression is not a get-right-with-God issue. No mental health problem is a get-right-with-God issue. Mental health and depression are get-the-proper-medical-care-to-deal-with-your-health-problems issue. Would you tell a paraplegic to get right with God so his legs will work? Does a cancer patient need to get right with God so their cancer can be healed? Does a child with Down syndrome need to get right with God so they can be healed? No. Same thing with your depression, with your anxiety, with whatever your mental health issue is. So get the right care. I'm not saying not to pray. I pray constantly, always, especially for help dealing with my bipolar disorder. But I've also been through the get right with God gauntlet and been beaten with the get right with God sticks of hypocrites. And I'm here to tell you, mental health is not a get right with God issue. It is a genuine medical condition. These are genuine, actual medical conditions caused by things beyond what you can do on your own. And it's okay to get help. And if you're like me, and you're somebody who believes they need permission to take care of themselves, and they need permission to get healing for problems that other people can't see and don't really believe in, you have my permission. So go get some help. And just as a reminder, the number for the National Mental Health Helpline is included in the show notes. And we're actually going to take a quick break here, and um, we'll be back in a few seconds. So we've talked about what seasonal depression is, what the symptoms are, and now I want to talk about ways to tackle SAD and start making a comeback. Medication and counseling are, of course, a great start, but they're not going to bring the sun back either, and the chances are that you can't bring your therapist home and have them live with you. So what can you do to tackle the symptoms of SAD and get some control back over your life? Number one, most importantly, give yourself grace. Remember, your journey is not anyone else's journey. There will be days where you can get up out of bed, you feel great, you tackle everything on your to-do list, and it's awesome. And then there will be days where you just can't motivate yourself to get up out of bed, and that's okay. One day at a time. Number two is phototherapy. Now, phototherapy is a great tool that's being utilized by a lot of people, especially in places like Alaska. It's been around since the 80s, and it's 
becoming more popular, you know, moving down south. Also known as bright light therapy, phototherapy is the use of a special lamp that puts out the right number of lumens that it simulates sunlight. And it encourages the production of vitamin D and serotonin, just like the sun, while reducing the impact of seasonal affective disorder. And I've gone ahead and added a link to a highly recommended bright light therapy lamp in the show notes. And I want to take a moment here to remind you all to talk to your doctor. Remember, I'm not a medical professional here. And certain health conditions like diabetes, individuals with eye health issues, bipolar disorder, or those taking certain medications like some antibiotics and anti-inflammatories, you guys really need to talk to your doctor before trying something like phototherapy. I definitely don't want to see you get hurt. The third thing you can try is a vitamin D supplement. And vitamin D supplements are great, especially if you live in a place like we do here in the Pacific Northwest. Bulking up on your vitamin D in the summertime can help decrease the risk of vitamin D deficiency in the winter. But it's important to understand that just taking a supplement by itself probably isn't going to help too much. Your body needs sunlight to properly process vitamin D. So a supplement might help. It also might not. Number four is to find ways to get outside when it is sunny. Even if it's freezing, bundle up, get outside, expose as much skin as you're brave enough to expose to the cold, bitter winter winds and stand in the sun. 10 minutes will be helpful. 30 minutes, fantastic. An hour, even better. If you can exercise outside, that's even greater because number five is to get active. Exercise helps to release endorphins, which are feel-good chemicals like serotonin. If you can get your exercise in the sun, that's the perfect mixing of number four and number five. You'll boost your serotonin and you'll be releasing endorphins. Even if all you can do is get up and run a vacuum over your floors though, that'll still do something for you. It will still boost your endorphins and that will improve your mood. Your brain wants to feel good, but when you have depression, it basically forgets how to feel good. So even just little boosts from getting up and moving around, taking a shower, things like that will help to encourage a release of endorphins and remind your brain that it can feel better. Number six, we want to eat a well-balanced diet. Now, as I discussed earlier, one of the symptoms of SAD is a sudden craving for a diet high in carbohydrates. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, carbs are bad. You can't eat carbs ah," or anything like that. But what I am going to say is that most of the foods we tend to gravitate towards when we're craving carbs are junk foods. And junk food, just like that piece of gum, it can make us feel happy for a minute, but then we slow down and start to not feel good. And I'm sure we've all felt that just blah feeling at the end of a day 
of eating too much junk food. So the short-term effects of, quote, happiness from eating junk food, they aren't worth it. Eat a well-balanced diet. You'll improve your mood. You'll improve how you feel. You will just feel better in general. And it's hard to keep a well-balanced diet during the wintertime because there's so little fresh food out there. But look at it this way. Keep track of the foods you're missing. And now you know what to plant in your garden this summer and which foods it's super important that you learn how to preserve so that when next winter rolls around, you can still enjoy the sweetness of summer and have something to look forward to. Lastly, number seven, you can try out some aromatherapy with essential oils. And I've got a few suggestions that I'm going to talk about. And of course, I've included a link in the show notes of where you can pick some up. Most commonly, you all probably know this one, but lavender is a great way to relieve anxiety and decrease stress. Bergamot can help you relax. It can help restore calm. It may help to regulate your sleep and is known for being just generally uplifting for the spirit. Jasmine can help promote feelings of optimism. Lang Lang and rose oil can help regulate the subconscious or autonomous activities of our body, such as our breathing rate, our heart rate, and our blood pressure. And one of my personal favorites is orange oil. Now, I use orange oil in conjunction with copaiba and another essential oil blend known as breathe. And copaiba is a grounding oil, so it helps to ground me, make me feel connected. And the orange oil helps focus my mind and bring sunny energy into my life. And there is nothing like the scent of fresh oranges to make even the dullest, dimmest, rainy day feel a little bit brighter. I love orange oil. (laughs) The last way to tackle SAD that I want to talk about is creating joy. This is a big part of how I personally tackle my depression in just in general, because really creating joy gives us a way to pull ourselves out of that pit of tar-like despair. In fact, creating sources of joy gives us a way to break out of depression and fight back against the depression monster who is sometimes so big and overwhelming that we can't even really comprehend it, much less fight it. And in my humble opinion, there are three main ways to create sources of joy in your life. The first is to connect with others. The second is to find and explore new hobbies. And the third is to find ways to give back to others. So first, I want to talk about connecting with others. And I know as I say that there are introverts out there who just felt a stab of panic in their souls at the idea that I'm saying to get out and talk to strangers. I'm not. Oh, believe me, I am not. Because introverts of the world, I am one of you and I am with you. There is nothing worse than being told to socialize your way out of depression. And I'm not going to tell you to do that because that's not what I mean when I say connecting with others. I do not mean get out and socialize. Instead, what I mean is we all have people in our lives that are allowed to see us at our worst. 
Most likely, they're our spouse and our parents. Sometimes it might also be a friend or two. These are the people you need to connect with. When you're suffering from SAD or any mental health issue, you need to reach out to these people and say, help. And if you're a help person for someone who suffers from SAD or depression or any other mental health problem, we're going to talk for a minute about what you need to do when they reach out and ask for help. You need to say, okay, how can I help you? Do not, and this is very, very, very important, do not try to fix them. I have noticed in my life, it is really hard to accept this if you're a help person. You want to fix the person who's asking for help. You want to make them feel better and be better and not be sick anymore. But unfortunately, and this is this might be really hard for you to hear, but I'm sorry. Um, oftentimes, trying to fix a person asking for help makes them worse. Instead of giving them help, you're instead piling on feelings of guilt that is more likely to lead to them shutting you out because they don't want to disappoint you by not getting better. You need to just ask, how can I help you? And then listen. I am very, very blessed to be married to a man who has a degree in psychology with counseling and that that degree is focused on person-centered counseling and not cognitive behavioral therapy. And Hasbando has always been exceptionally good at asking me how he can help me when I'm feeling depressed or anxious or overwhelmed. He's always asked how he can help. And more often than not, what I need is for him to listen or just sit with me. There are even days where, because we've had 10 years of building our marriage, I can turn around and say to him, I just don't feel good. I want to go lie down for an hour. Will you come lie down with me? And he will, he'll say, I need 10 minutes to finish what I'm working on. And then yes, we can go lie down for an hour. And that human connection helps. And that's the key to being a help person. Understanding that the human connection is what the person asking you for help needs. They need to know that even though right now they are broken, you still love them. You still want to spend time with them and that when this period of brokenness is over and they are, quote, back to normal, you will still love them just as much as you did before you saw them break. Don't try to fix them. Just let them connect and be their bridge back. So, if you're suffering from seasonal affective disorder or depression, reach out to your safety net, your help people, ask for help, and tell them what you need. Make that connection. And if you are the help person, ask how you can help and listen. The next way to create opportunities for joy is to explore new hobbies. It's an especially good idea to look at hobbies that have a repetitive motion component like knitting, crocheting, or quilting, but there are lots of other options. Get into adult coloring books, learn cartography, 
rediscover a passion for Dungeons and Dragons, start painting, but try something new that brings beauty and joy back into your life. Lastly, I want to talk about giving back. If you struggled being around other people, there are still ways to give back. I've seen people in our local community handle their SAD this year by asking for donations for travel-sized soaps and things like that, and then creating care bags they've delivered to homeless shelters. Reach out to a local women and children's center, see what they're in need of, and create some gift bags. But giving to others fills us with a sense of gratitude for what we have, and gratitude is an emotion that has been directly tied to happiness, health, and better social bonds with others. You can even start mixing a new hobby with giving back. There are stories all over the place of elderly folks who will start knitting and then donate all their hats and scarves to shelters. There's even a group called Knitted Knockers. This is great. I love this. Knitted Knockers that provides knitted prosthetic breasts for breast cancer survivors that have had to have a mastectomy. And isn't that a wonderful way to not only create a new hobby, but give back and experience the joy of helping a woman who has been through a life-altering and life-changing, devastating experience be more comfortable and confident? Just think about it. Think about ways you can create joy by giving back. Now, we've covered a lot of ground today, and I know talking about these kinds of issues can be exhausting, but thank you for joining me today, and I hope you feel more empowered to tackle your mental health this winter. As always, I love sharing with you, and I hope that you feel comfortable sharing with me too. Please, please feel free to get in touch with us. Let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover. You can send us an email at pilgrimfeet at ourpilgrimfeet.com and let us know what you think or even just how you're doing. Once again, I'm Katie Sutton-Smith, and I want to say thank you for joining us today on the Pilgrim Feet podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter and come back next week for more.